the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us in virtual worship this day. Over these weeks, we've been looking at the great I Am statements of Jesus. Two Sundays ago, we heard him declare, I am the bread of life. And last Sunday, Jesus declared, I am the light of the world. In John 8, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, and he's teaching a crowd of people on the temple grounds in Jerusalem. Then a second time, he says, I am the light of the world. But this time it's in John 9, and it's a location that begins at least away from the temple grounds on the Sabbath day. Jesus heals a man who had been born blind. The aftermath of this miraculous healing is tragic, however, but it also gives us another one of Jesus' I am statements. I am the gate for the sheep. Let me explain the context. People coming in and out of the temple ground see this man who was blind and is now seeing, and there's some debate whether or not this is the same man or someone who just looks like him. The man responds, I am the man, John 9, 9. And he tells the people what Jesus did for him. And some of the people bring this healed man to the Pharisees so they could examine him. They find that Jesus did this healing on the Sabbath. Now, some of the Pharisees immediately conclude that Jesus is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath, John 9.16. Part of the law was that they were not to work on the Sabbath day. And mixing water and dirt together to make mud is work and is a violation of Sabbath law. Other Pharisees are asking, how can a sinner perform such signs? Also John 9.16, and John writes, so they were divided. The conversation turns a bit ugly when the healed man and the Pharisees, and then it ends abruptly when the Pharisees say to him, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. John 9, verse 34. News of what had happened to this man came to Jesus, and he begins to search for the man and eventually finds him. And today's text is the early part of that conversation with the man that Jesus had healed, along with a gathering crowd of people and some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law of Moses. Jesus changes the subject, however, from blindness and seeing, from light and darkness to to now the subject of shepherds and sheep. Please pray with me as we begin to unpack this text. Lord, you speak to us through the scriptures and you speak to us by your Holy Spirit. May the words you have given me to say this day be what you say. What you say to us in the scripture and what you say to us by your Holy Spirit. Speak, Lord. Your people are listening. Amen. Taking care of sheep was common in the Middle East in the days of the Bible. Kings and priests of many nations and nomadic tribes called themselves shepherds and their subjects sheep. And the Bible makes frequent use of this analogy. Many of the great men of the Old Testament were shepherds. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and David stand as prime examples of shepherds. 
And as national leaders, Moses and David were both considered to be shepherds over Israel. In addition, the words sheep and shepherd are found 318 times in the Bible, mostly in the Old Testament Bible. And some of the most famous passages in Scripture are about sheep and shepherds, and they include Luke 15, 1 through 7, the parable of the lost sheep, and Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him, that is the Messiah, the iniquity of us all. And the most well-known and famous of all, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus developed this analogy in several ways, and I want you to know that next Sunday, Pastor Diane will present much more on what Jesus means when he says, I am the good shepherd. That will be the fourth I am statement coming next Sunday. But for today, I only want to unpack for us Jesus' third I am saying, I am the gate for the sheep. John 10, 1 through 10. In the first four verses of John 10, Jesus is describing a typical morning scene of shepherding in Israel. Near a village, there is an enclosure made of stone, like the stone walls we find all over New England. This enclosure of piled rocks is several feet high and is a place where the village shepherds will bring their flocks for the night. And the enclosure is large enough for several flocks of 20 to 30 sheep each to sleep in safety for the night. A gate is built and a night watchman is hired, typically one of the shepherds who brings their flock in for the night, to guard the gate and keep the sheep, all the sheep, safe from predators and thieves. Every morning the shepherds will come to the sheep pen and the night watchman will open the gate and the shepherd will enter and begin to call the names of his sheep. They will come because they know him and they know the sound of his voice. The other sheep will not come because he is not the voice of their shepherd, and their names were not called. I've seen the voice recognition of sheep many times in the various country fairs in New England. When you enter a 4-H or FFA building with sheep, you see them in various pens, and you want to touch them. Their, their wool is so beautiful and soft. Sheep, however, are not like golden retrievers. If you came to a pen of golden retrievers, they would all come running to you, believing that you have come to see them, to pet them, and perhaps you have a doggy treat for them. Then you would walk up to a pen of sheep, and they immediately go the opposite way. You speak gently and softly, and they keep their distance. But if their shepherd comes over and calls their name, they immediately come over to him or her. Sheep may not be the brightest animals on the farm, but they know their shepherd, and they only come to their shepherd. The shepherds in Israel gather their sheep this way every morning, and then together the shepherd and the sheep exit the pen, and the sheep follow their shepherd to a pasture where they will be feeding for the day. In verse 5 of John 10, Jesus emphasizes to the people the importance of the relationship between the shepherd and his sheep, and he reminds them, there are other voices, voices of other people who are not their shepherds, and the sheep do not follow them. Jesus doesn't include in his story what I'm about to tell you, but the people listening to him on that day knew about this. 
Having had the privilege of being in Israel on two occasions, I spent considerable time in and near the town of Bethlehem. And all around Bethlehem are hillsides and valleys of open land, mostly scrub land and groves of olive trees. But in the open scrubland, there were weeds and grasses. It's not lush and green fields that are so often depicted in pictures of shepherds and sheep. And here and there, you'd find small rock enclosures about 20 or 30 feet in diameter, with an opening about two or three feet wide. I asked one of the Palestinian shepherds that I met one day what those enclosures were for. He told me that long ago... These were built by the shepherds as a place of safety for their sheep when they were grazing in the fields. In those days, there were many more predators and thieves, human predators. And when the shepherds sensed danger, they would call their sheep into the enclosure, the pen, and then stand in the opening ready to defend and protect the sheep from whatever was causing them the danger. In essence, the shepherd was the gate that allowed the sheep to enter for safety and the gate that kept the predators from entering and stealing or killing the sheep, and the gate that let the sheep go out and freely roam through the nearby scrubland of Israel outside of Bethlehem. Suddenly, this scripture took on greater meaning and understanding for me. In verses 6 to 10 of John 10, we are initially told by John that those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So Jesus explained it to them, and he was very clear about it. He said that he is in the illustration when he said, I am the gate for the sheep. And then Jesus continued, Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy the sheep. My purpose is to give them, that is the sheep, a rich and satisfying life. John 10, 9-10. So what does this scripture teach us today? Here are three thoughts and a final story. First, people come to Jesus not because they are searching for him. People come to Jesus because, like a shepherd in today's text, he calls them. But there are many voices who call out to us. To which voices do we give our attention, our time? Is it our financial advisor? Is it the news channels? Is it the talking heads of political opinions, in particular those with whom we originally degree and hold biases of opinion? Or is it Jesus? Who really has our attention? To whom do we listen the most? And who do we follow? A second thought. Only Jesus can give us entrance to the pen of salvation, the place of ultimate safety from life's predators, and the place from which a rich and abundant life can be experienced. And third, Only Jesus can open the gate for us to have that rich and satisfying life. Have we entered the pen of salvation and safety that only Jesus can satisfy? And do we allow him to open us to the right kind of pastures to feed and be filled and satisfied 
and rich in this life. And now the story. Several years ago, Carolyn and I were privileged to be part of a mission adventure in the country of Kenya in Africa. While we were there, we became part of a two-day safari in what's called the Maasai Mara, which is the Kenya version of the Kalahari. We scheduled to stay in an authentic and functioning Maasai village for three days and two nights, and our arrival was exciting but also a bit shocking. We were met by the tribal chief who welcomed us in English, and I mean original British English. It was so crazy. He'd attended school in Cambridge and then returned home to lead his people, and we discovered many of the Maasai had been educated in England. The Maasai are a gentle people, and they are cattle ranchers, among other things. And in the center of their village was a large circle of scrub branches and brushes and bushes and thickets and thorn bushes piled about 10 feet high and at least 100 feet in diameter. Every night, the various Maasai who lived in the village would bring their cattle into the enclosure and one of the men would be assigned to stand watch at the entrance to protect them. He's the gate for that night. And there are predators everywhere. We saw them, we heard them, we sensed them. Lions, hyenas, wild dogs were all in abundance and have a desire to eat beef. The man was the gate of safety and protection for the cattle. The man was a gate of defense against any predator who would seek to kill or destroy. My friends, for us, that man is Jesus. Jesus, who is the King of kings, but who humbled himself and came to stand in the gap on our behalf. Jesus, the humble King of kings, who calls us by name to come to him. Jesus, the humble King of kings, who rescues, redeems, and protects us. Jesus, the humble King of kings, who invites us to follow him in an abundant life. Jesus said, I am the gate. Is he our gate for living? I pray he is. <laughs>